What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. And this week, uh, with David Cobb of CBS Sports, he's back. Uh, David, this is year three of doing this segment with us, our buying, selling stock, and teams. Welcome back to the Extra Point. Yeah, we need to do a, a, a progress report, see how our teams fared from the past couple of years. I'm actually not sure I want that to happen, but... At least it sounds like a good idea. So I actually had this pulled up and then I actually closed the tab. Uh, I, I can have tell you last, last year, year's. I had LSU. And As I'm a just buy. saying, I'm just saying. I, I also remember you being pretty high on Miami though, Daniel. That was the year before. <laughs> and both years I would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We're, yeah. over for two on Miami. Uh, you won't catch me doing that again. Um, hold on. I'm pulling it up. It is. I know that okay. I sold. Here we go. Daniel, last year you said buy LSU and Ole Miss stock, and I sold Ohio State. And what what grade would, what, what 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 grade would you give LSU and Ole Miss? I feel like that's a solid like. I think well, I did say B ten plus. and two LSU. They still won ten games, but technically during the season they went nine and three because they lost to Texas A and M. Um, so I was really nailing down that ten and two LSU because it rhymed and it felt good. But I feel good about the LSU one. Ole Miss, what was their win total? Did we say? Seven and a half was their win total. It was right at seven last year. What, they went nine? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I two for two. David, Arizona. Yeah, they made win. progress. They made Louisville. progress. No, yeah, that's a big win in Louisville. Uh, Louisville. Uh, uh, fire I the said, coach or – Encourage their coach yeah. to take and well, then, hey, they promotion. actually uh, Satterfield tied his best win total at Louisville last year. He won eight that's games. That's true. There you go. Their win total is right at seven two. So that's two wins. Uh I had North Carolina, mm-hmm. big win. Their win total was like a seven and a half. They won what nine games? Yeah, they lost like the last five games they played in. Uh didn't end well. But and then Texas. Um yeah, you were just gonna get hurt. They beat Alabama, so I, you know I just you know they, I, they were right there. It, yeah, if yours doesn't get hurt, Daniel, I, I'm so you sold Ohio State and USC. Go get about. Feel it. like that's zero for two. No. Ohio State was a point away from beating Georgia. My sell for Ohio State was correct. They were eleven and a half. They were supposed to go undefeated. They lost to Michigan. And then I said I'm selling them going undefeated and winning the national championship because I said relative to where That's, they yeah, are. Yeah, you said relative. That's right. And so they lost in the playoff, and they lost to their bitter rival for the second year in a row in blowout fashion. I think I think that's a dub for me. I'll, USC. I'll, I'll, I'll concede USC. That's fine. All right. That That's fair. That's fair. David, NC State, and yeah. Iowa State. And they both flopped. They both flopped. Two for two. I mean, uh, NC State like maintained its – Dave Doran standard. So that wasn't like a total flop, but they didn't have the breakthrough that everybody thought. Yeah. They were. weren't going to win the ACC. Like they were trying to portray. Correct. Uh, I, I had Oklahoma state big win. There you go. And you then go. South Carolina, South Carolina. I felt really good about heading into the last two weeks of the season. <laughs> and then they beat Tennessee yeah. and Clemson back to back. And I was like, well, uh, man, that could have ended a lot better for me, but uh, all hey. right. By on the aggregate, we know college football. Listen to that. That was what Correct. two, three losses out of 
what, 12 well, opportunities? So David definitely – okay, here we go. Here's two years ago. Uh, I don't know who picked two. <laughs> Actually, I do. Miami was Daniel. <laughs> TCU was the other one. Uh, David, two years ago, you had Iowa and Ole Miss, and Iowa won the Big Ten West. Oh, dude, I was, uh, I, I like became a, a rock star in Iowa for like a that's period right. of two months. Yeah. <laughs> and Ole Miss went to the Sugar That ball. was their, that, that was right. their 10 season. Wow. I'm really good at this, guys. Uh, so, so take what I say tonight <laughs> to the bank. <laughs> I said Ohio State and USC, and then USC fired Clay Helton after that, and Ohio State Solid. lost to Michigan for the first time in like a decade. Uh, Daniel, you sold Florida and Texas AM, and Texas or Florida fired Dan Mullen. And Excellent then A and I don't know what they did. That I year. mean, uh, underwhelming. Underwhelming. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's not been great. Uh, David, you sold Oregon and North Carolina. Well, I sold Cristobal, so I know that worked. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, I sold Notre Dame and Clemson. Feel really good about that one. I, I was like, Clemson, they lost Trevor. We're gonna go Dude, back to. That was you were ahead of the ship on that one, and you were pounding your chest all, all off season. And then it came to fruition. So Had great to. job. That was a oh, good man. one. That was a good one, Jacob. So as an aggregate, for yeah, sure, our, we're our doing rate great. Is like, hit rate is like 80% at least. Yeah, so people will need to pay attention to this. If they want yeah. to know about college football, this is where you find out in this show leading up to the season. This is before so, all the talking heads have had time to spin their stories and get you believing <laughs> right. whatever the media believes by the time the season comes. Never That's listen right. to that liberal media. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, so before be before we buy and sell some team stock, we do got to mention some big college football news happened today because the number one player of the 2024 class comes off the board. Kirby Smart has a five-star quarterback. What's he going to do with it? <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing for Georgia, right? It's a, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Georgia has some good things going on. It might program. be a good thing for Ohio State in a few years too. Oh, <laughs> that's, oh, it could that's be true. <laughs> Very well, could be. You know, uh, I'm just glad that Georgia they needed some good news. You know, not a, not a lot going on good in Athens, so uh, they, they needed some good news today. <laughs> oh, thank goodness those folks are getting rambo. You know, restless, not having any good news in a while, but. No, yeah, Dylan Rayola commits first domino to fall, potentially on a loaded class of skill position players and all of the sort. And, you know, Kirby, always an ace recruiter, now with two back-to-back, you know, with back-to-back national championships. And now he's got his pillar for this class to build around. Um, This is – we're entering, you know, this – next month is the biggest recruiting month of the year um so that's that's for every school not just i'm not just talking about georgia i'm talking about june is packed with official visits everywhere so uh we're going to be probably having a bunch of that news coming uh here on the extra point but yeah that's (laughs) this is the time to kind of lock in who your pillars are so that you can go help have them help you recruit everybody big big news in the recruiting world okay so Stock up, stock down. Who are we buying? Who are we selling? This is relative to expectation. So if you're new to the stock world, obviously, you, you know, typically, if you want the biggest gains, you buy low, sell high, right? So maybe we sell some teams that have some very high expectations mm. that we don't think are going to quite meet those expectations. Or maybe they have low expectations and we still don't think they're going to meet even those low expectations uh, for a team. And then the opposite. If we think, hey, a team's expected here, and we think they're a lot going to be a lot better than that. We're gonna we're gonna buy some stock, 
in those teams. David, since you have like a 99% hit rate, mm. uh, why don't you lead us off? What is a okay, team I, that you are buying stock in heading into the season? I didn't even realize that until we went through the exercise of looking back at past years, which was really cool, by the way, that, that you just like, we didn't plan that. Like I brought that up and then you just like clicked twice and pulled it up, which was cool. <laughs> um, so He's I've got done this. Effect. Yeah, I've done this school before, uh, and, and it, I was partially influenced by the fact that I recently wrote ACC spring overreactions for, for CBS. So, yes, we are going to the ACC, and we are looking at Louisville. Yes. Year one under Jeff Brom, obviously replacing Scott Satterfield, who is now at Cincinnati. Satterfield maxed out at eight wins twice, but we all know the ceiling for Louisville is much higher than eight wins. And I think they're going to be pretty good out of the gate in year one under Jeff Brom because Jeff Brom is bringing in a quarterback who knows the system. Jack Plummer spent four years with Jeff Brom uh, at Purdue. He was kind of, you know, was never really like the guy, like for sure, for a long period of time, but he got a lot of reps in that system. And then he went to Cal last year. And if you could throw for over 3,000 yards at Cal, I mean, come on, you must be a good quarterback because that offense stinks. Um, and I say this as somebody who once upon a time say, had a lot of faith in the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the right. Door. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully, I never notable said that. cow guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully I never said that on this podcast, but I, I did oh, say God. that in other places many times I, anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I like Louisville and here, here's a unique thing about it. Defense projects at 19 and Bill Conley SB plus, uh, seven home games. And only three true road games, which is bizarre. They open at a neutral in Mercedes-Benz. Then um, their their big non-con game uh, is against Indiana at Lucas Oil Stadium, which will be a very um, uh, neutral environment, right? So uh, anyway. Dude, I literally just said this. I was going to say, they're playing in four NFL stadiums yes. in their five road games. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they play Miami and Pitt. Yeah, exactly. And those are sterile environments that aren't, I mean, unless Miami turns a corner here, that's not going to be lit. So anyway, uh, long-winded. I like Louisville. I think they are in position to match or exceed the win total of Scott Satterfield's best season in year one under Jeff Brown. Dude, and they're, I mean, they're over under win total. DraftKings released those this week um, or last week. Anyway, uh, is at eight. So uh, Vegas correct. thinks they're at least going to match. Wow, the biggest uh, thing the best year. I mean, they must have like read my notes or something, but but that's that's annoying. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, even at eight, which stinks. Get, I, I hate cowards. Give us a half number, right? Uh, all right, Louisville, Daniel, where are you taking us next? What's the team you're yeah. buying stock in? Well, I'm very glad that you brought up Louisville and the ACC power to be that is Louisville, um, and how you think they're going to be great out of the start because I my team I am high on is the team they play the first week on that Friday night Chick-fil-A kickoff. Let's go. Really? Tech. I am high on the Jackets. Of course, we're talking about relative to what they are. They have a projected win total of five. All right. So you're even even better. Go dogs. um, As I go Jackets here. (laughs) Um, So, but let's talk about it for a second. So, Brent Key takes over last year. The identity changes, and it's not necessarily a full-on offensive mindset change, defensive mindset. It's an overall culture change. They get away from this rah-rah, you know, all the bells and whistles, let me show off all these things, 404 for, for the culture. And 
all these teams stop trying to beat the tar out of them because they don't like Jeff Collins. They get Brent Key, who is an alumnus of Georgia Tech, has coached with Nick Saban, has coached with these others, and has established himself as a respected coach throughout. But he takes over this team. They beat ranked Pitt at the time. And then, of course, it just takes them through. They end up having a respectable five wins, four of those coming under Brent Key. He goes four and four as the head coach, interim head coach last year. Uh, they fall just short of making a bowl game. This year, I have them bowling. I have them going to a bowl game, and they have a tough schedule. They have a tough schedule for what they're trying to do. They have Clemson and Georgia on the schedule every year, so that's two potential losses to just kind of pencil in. And then they do have Ole Miss that they play out of conference. I think that's going to be a tough game. I think that's one that they probably will lose. Um, I do think that they're going to manage – most of this schedule the rest of the way I'm focused mostly on what they've done in house. They brought in an offensive coordinator, a Buster Faulkner coming from Georgia. He was one of those guys on the staff under Todd Monken. Um, it kind of, as an analyst who really helped Georgia the past two years. Um, some thought that he might be the next guy, the heir apparent if Monken left, obviously that ended up being coach Bobo for Georgia. So Buster Faulkner sees a writing on the wall, comes down the street to Georgia tech. He is a local product. He played a part of your high school. I think he's going to eventually be a good, you know, good recruiter. He's obviously only been there a few months, but I think he'll be able to pull some into that program. But I like his quarterback room. Zach Pyron had a good, like, later half of the season. He was injured a little bit. He's going to be a sophomore. They bring in Haynes King, a transfer from Texas A&M, who Haynes King playing SEC ball, I'm going to give a thumbs down. Haynes King playing ACC ball. I'm going to give a thumbs up. I think that he raises the floor of their quarterback room. I think Pyron's the winner of that job, but I think Haynes King gives him a little something. And I don't know what I'm watching, but I think Georgia Tech has five legitimate wide receivers. And they just added one this week. They brought in Don Blaylock from Georgia coming over to play under Buster Faulkner, but, uh, I mean, they brought in Christian Leary from Alabama. I mean, they've got some guys who can catch the ball, which is big, and play, playmakers in space. So, big believer in Georgia Tech uh, going to a bowl game this year. So, six wins. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say seven, but I only have to win five to be over on this. Not that we're picking over-unders, but I think people are going to watch Georgia Tech this year, and it's going to feel different. I think they win that Friday night against Louisville. Ooh, yeah, see, that's, I've got the schedule put up, and I see five. But to I was going to say, six, I got the five. Yeah, to get to six, you either got to you gotta beat Louisville uh, opening night, which really puts us yeah. uh, head-to-head here, Daniel. Uh, or, exactly. Or they got to uh, win, like, maybe at Miami, which I wouldn't totally rule out because we'll see if Miami actually opens up the offense or not. And if they don't, then I could maybe see Georgia Tech winning that game. Yeah, it's like Boston College is a must-win. Syracuse yeah. is a must-win at that point. Like, absolutely. I mean, Virginia every game is a must-win if you're trying yeah. to get to six. <laughs> oh, it's tough. It's tough. Like I said, that schedule it's automatic. It's it's automatic. You've got Clemson and Georgia as losses. So I know that I'm going out on a limb here. UNC is probably a loss. They've got a future NFL quarterback. That being said, let's not overestimate. We are in the ACC, and it's still. Is the coastal still? This is still the last year of the coastal. No, uh, no division. We're done. Done. We're done. Oh, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. That being said, 
<laughs> this is still a coastal veteran. All right. And so they're going to beat like North Carolina this year when you're not expecting it. They're not supposed to. I wouldn't put it past Mac Brown. But let's just say they do. All right. There's going to be a game that they win that they shouldn't. And then they've got with South Carolina State and Bowling Green, a couple that you know are just going to be in the bag. And then they're gonna they're gonna navigate this this ACC schedule. So I believe in Georgia Tech under Brent Key to kind of get back to having a respectable program. I'm fine with you buying stock for the season. If I'm if I'm buying programs, oh, I'm selling Georgia Tech. This is the school that two co- two two coaches turned them down because they couldn't pay their assistants. I'm like they gotta start investing in football before I take them seriously. Uh, but hey, six wins this year. Ah, the Ole Miss being on there is making me. If they had another layup at a conference, I think six they could get to. We'll see. Hey, we're, our hit rate's pretty decent. So. How about we do the <laughs> – think about it this way. They have a few layups in conference because it's the ACC, okay? So think about it that way. They can. It, you know, it, we'll see. Uh, all right. You know what? Let's come out guns blazing. Do it. first pick. Texas. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Buying stock in Texas. Um, number one, I love talking about Texas because anytime we do, uh, our views and listens spike, it's the best. So what do you say do- about Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers? That's yeah. right. Steve Sarkeesian, Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers, uh, Texas, Texas, Texas. Yeah. It, it's the best. Am I picking them just to get more views on this? No, I believe this. I put my, my, I put my money on this. So Texas has one of, if not the best quarterback rooms in the country this year. They have one of, if not the best, wide receiver room in the country this year. And that's adding play. Like you, you already know about, um, oh my gosh, Worthy. Uh, Xavier Worthy. I'm like, I almost, everyone knows his name and I couldn't remember it. Um, mm. you're, you're bringing in players like A.D. Mitchell from Georgia. You, you get back from injury Isaiah Nair, who was the big transfer last year from Wyoming this offensive line class that was the number one offensive line class last year. They were true freshmen last year. A lot of them played as true freshmen. Now they have a year in the system. This defense, I think, takes a step forward in year two. I think the front seven might be one of the best of the Big 12. Sneaky. I think the secondary still might have some holes, but I'm looking up at now Texas' schedule, and I'm like, if they're healthy, and here's the thing, if they're not healthy, again, this goes back to years went down last year. They lose to Texas Tech the week after Bama. This year, they've got not one, but two really good backup quarterbacks. They kept Malik Murphy when yep. a lot of Power 5 schools wanted him as their quarterback. He showed out in the spring game. He's the number two player. They're going to redshirt Arch Manning. And so, again, th- this is in a more injury-proof roster than they had last year. I think Texas showed what their ceiling can be last year with the way they played Alabama, even with viewers going down, like being a point away from beating Alabama last year. Um the, the way they beat Oklahoma and Red River. I think you've seen glimpses of what Texas can be under Steve Sarkeesian. I think we get it this year. I think Texas goes and wins the Big 12 this year. Their win total is at 9.5. I'm hammering the over, and that's with Alabama on the schedule in Week 2 in Tuscaloosa. I think if you're going to give me double digits to Texas, I think you take those and run to the window to bet Texas plus the points. If it's single digits, don't touch it. But I'm just telling you, the power ratings, as much as they love Texas, they love Alabama. And it's because it's how it works, right? Bama's historically been 
I mean, especially the last decade, last four years where a lot of the data comes from, it's Bama. And so they're going to lay double-digit points probably in week two, unless they just have a no-ship performance in week one. Um, and I'm taking the points week two if they're double-digit. Mm. So that being said, I am buying all the stock in Texas that I can buy. I'm doubling down. I was high on them going into the season last year. I don't think I was off there. They showed dramatic improvement last year. Um Man, I can't, I can't wait to remind you of this when they lose to <laughs> Kansas State by 24 points oh, uh, in early November. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I was going to say, wait. you can just keep going to this one. Here's the thing. They were on my little cut list of who I'm going to sell because I knew you were going to have them on your buy. But the eight and a half, th- th- is that what number N- you nine sold Nine and to? a half. Nine and a half. I got eight and a half somewhere, and I was like, I can't sell them at eight and a half. Oh, yeah, and no. So, uh, if you found eight and, and a half, half somewhere, send me video. where you found that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, give me some Texas. Uh, I can't wait. I'm, I might buy a burnt orange shirt just because uh, I can't wait. It's juice to the over, too, for what it's worth um, on DraftKings. So. Wow. Yeah. You're going to regret this. <laughs> I hope not. I'm I'm so excited. Oh yeah, hook him. Uh, Dave, where are you going next? Okay. Do y'all have win totals pulled up for like teams around the country by chance? Yeah, or I do. okay. Uh, let me add, let me let me put two on your radar, and I will go whichever direction I like be- best okay. based on what you tell me. Um, I'm looking at Florida State, and I'm looking at Penn State. What okay. sort of numbers are out there on the Knolls and the Nittany Lions? Penn State, you got nine and a half. Okay. And I believe Florida State's 10 because I was looking at it today. Mm. A flat 10, 10 even, which is dumb. Yep, hmm. flat 10. Okay, well, I'm good with that, actually, with Florida State. Even with uh, them having a roadie at Clemson, I'm going to go stock up on Ooh. the Knowles. There you go. We're going to get so many views. Florida State, Ooh. Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I want to see somebody break through uh, like a Florida State, like a Penn State. Tennessee kind of had that moment last year, not quite, you know, but I think it's been great for college football to see Michigan get back into the mix, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's right. Anytime you get one of these brands that's been knocking on the door or been down and all of a sudden they uh, bust back through and, and, and take the sport by storm, it's fun, but that's not why I'm taking Florida State, right? Like that, that's a personal preference. The, the reality with, with Florida State is that they are – pretty close to the top of the chart in returning production, both sides of the ball. Number one. A, yeah. Yeah. They have a Heisman <laughs> trophy uh, candidate coming back at quarterback uh, and Jordan Travis, along with a lot of skill talent. When you get a guy like Jared verse on the defensive end, who is a mm-hmm. lock to go in the first round of the NFL draft. When that guy says I'm coming back, you're gearing up for a special year. And so with the, divisions no longer a part of the ACC championship game picture. Even if Florida state loses at Clemson early in the season, that doesn't mean they can't play for the ACC championship game in years past. It did because a loss to Clemson. You had to have Clemson lose twice. That's no longer the case because the two teams with the two best ACC records will play in the ACC championship game. So I think even if Florida state loses that game, and they could very well beat Clemson, uh, even in Death Valley. Uh, I think Florida State ends up playing for the ACC championship game for the first time since 2014. And I, I would say they meet, they meet or exceed that Vegas total of 10. I love it. 
this was I had this as my honorable mention because the flat 10 I was like I'm right at that number I think uh, and I pulled up I meant to mention this I pulled up a uh, CBS Sports's post spring top 25 oh don't listen to them and in Florida State's at seven and I'm like I feel like I was very even with what everyone thought on Florida State uh, by the way y'all had Texas at 17. 17 david yeah yeah that, that's dennis dodd and he he's seen he's seen that texas story play out before <laughs> jacob you, you should have listened you know daniel and i have been very high in florida state like when they hired norvell we're like please give it time like, the, like this norvell will guys. work yeah. um and then we got nervous because like the, the national championship happens monday night and tuesday like the next polls come out of like the way too early and florida state was like four and i was like Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, not, yeah. not all of us can be high on Florida State. Time out. Uh, yeah, we were high. We, we've been high for a while, and it was like crescendoing. And I'm like, at the bowl game, when uh, the Cheez It Bowl, when that, I uh, forget the, the player who went down with the injury, and the whole team came over and like dabbed him up. I'm like, this is like a culture thing, which that's what you've seen with the best teams out there when they're able to kind of catch lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, the 2019 LSU, that culture, I mean, the culture at Georgia the past couple of years, the, those teams that get special, it's just like that belief. You talk about verse coming back. That's exactly what I was believing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be high on this. I did my rhyme last year by saying 10 and 2 LSU. So I'm going to say top eight Florida State. Okay. And then I see them ranked <laughs> as number four. And I was like, mm, I got to sell them or I got to do right. something. We got to back no, off. But. Uh, but yeah. I, I agree with Jacob. I kind of can't. I went away. I did my little. Uh, what did Aaron Rodgers do? He did like a, a fast <laughs> in the dark or something. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he comes back. His retreat in the dark. Uh, and he comes dark back retreat. and he's like, "All right, yeah. Hey, I've, I've got this clarity. I'm going to sign with the Jets. I've got this clarity. I'm still going to be high on Florida State, but I'm not going to buy them." I'm glad you bought them. Someone needs to buy them. Right. I think they're going to be very good this year. Yes. Uh, so I think that's a phenomenal pick. But yeah, yeah, I I I just get nervous when the national media starts getting in on on it and thinking, oh yeah, this is just easy because it's not easy. But in this case, I think we got the nail on the head. I mean, Jordan Travis is doing his best. Stetson Bennett. He's wearing 13. He runs around. He's sixth year. You know, it's great. So. But this is where it, it's easy because it was a 10-win team. They're number one in returning production. Like, they, they're bringing – it's a 10-win team that didn't lose anybody. Right. But to your point, they brought back a first-round pick that could have gone to the draft, and, like, he's back on their roster. Uh, they might sign Keon Coleman. Like, they, this roster could get even better, with you know, if they sign him out of the transfer portal. Yeah, so, and the fact that you got to play LSU and at Clemson, I don't love the schedule, but they should be favored in every other game on their schedule. Well, and that's why I tried at 10, where it's like a flat 10. I hate it, but like give me a nine and a half and I'll slam the over. Uh, but yep. you know, at least you know, LSU is a, a neutral site in Orlando, kind of like last year was in New Orleans. I hate that. Let's do a home and home. Um, dude, can you imagine that first? They play on Sunday again. What's your know. problem with Orlando? Yeah, it's Sunday. Orlando's fine. It's the okay. it's not Dote Campbell Stadium. Uh, correct. Yeah, I agree. That's my, I, I, yeah, why, why do we do these? Um, quasi neutral site games like the uh yes. the indiana louisville thing being at uh lucas oil like that's that doesn't make a ton of sense to me i wish they would play more games on campus i'm with Dude, you here. it's like georgia tech every year is doing one game at mercedes-benz i'm like you have one of the coolest college stadiums in the country at bobby right. dodd uh anyway all right i digress daniel who's your second buy team 
all right, well, I'm going to need some help to find out because I think my site that I was on was maybe last year's site. I don't know. What is Wisconsin's number? Ooh, Wisconsin. I got flat nine. Ooh, bye. Um, right. Here's the thing. That's the number I saw. I was hesitant anyways at nine, but I'm playing a principle here where last year I took LSU in the first year of Brian Kelly. I'm going to do the same with Luke Fickle here. And I just think that this is just kind of a match made in heaven. He's, he's built for the, you know, the Midwest and playing, you know, in big 10 country. And he's getting to attach himself to a brand that plays the kind of football that he loves to play, which is, defense and run the ball and then oh yeah hey he just decided to get a top 10 offensive coordinator and phil longo to come along for the ride so i'm really high on this i think that and also mike trestle defensive coordinator follows him from from cincinnati i think that's big uh all these guys have or at least head coach in dc have big 10 experience um I think that they can do a lot. I think their floor was raised when they brought in Fickle, and I think their ceiling is raised by Longo. So I'm thinking they're going to get back to winning like 10 games a year. I wish this was eight and a half because then I feel real, real confident. Um, I think they're definitely going to get nine wins. I don't think there's a question in my in my mind here. But Fickle doing the whole weird thing where he came in and actually coached the bowl game we all kind of scratched our heads. Then they go, go on and win it. Um, I think that actually did something for him with these players going forward. Um, Braylon Allen being back as a running back, bringing in Tanner Mordecai um, after he had some good seasons with SMU. I'm feeling pretty good that Phil Longo's kind of got what he wants at quarterback. Um, Evers being brought in, I think, will be the next guy. Um, after after Mordecai for this year, I think Evers for next year, but we're just buying for one year. But I think, yeah, I think they've got all the components. And then you look at the schedule, and I, I think they're going to kind of run through this schedule. They've got uh, Georgia Southern, Buffalo, Washington State as some out-of-conference games. I mean, Rutgers is on their schedule from the, um, from the East – um, it's as good so, yeah. as you can get out of the East. <laughs> they do have Ohio State, so they get at home, their, Ohio State at home. So, and I'm not going to necessarily pick them to beat Ohio State, but that being said, stranger things have happened. I think that I think they're going to get to the Big Ten championship this year, and I think it's going to be a game, whoever they play. Yeah, I, I like it. it. I think Fickle's among the first year coaches most best positioned for early success. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I like Wisconsin. I'm excited to see what Fickle does. Uh, and that was a big splash hire. That hire to me says we're investing in football. Like, Luke Fickle turned down several other big jobs. He chose to go to Wisconsin. Heck, I mean, the um, school he was at, going to a, a power conference, like, obviously, you know, you, you can call it the uh, the power two now, right, with the Big Ten and the SEC. So, clearly a difference there. But, like, you know, Cincinnati still. was leveling up, and he chose to, uh, to, to bounce and go to Wisconsin. That's right. I love it. Wisconsin, good pick. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with a Pac-12 team that's returning a Heisman hopeful at quarterback um, and is going to take a step forward on defense. 
The Oregon Ducks. Oregon. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's baiting us. Yeah, you uh, couldn't go USC and Texas. That's no, you can't much. have both. That's some bad yeah, mojo. Gotta, yeah. Oh, okay. man. Um, well done. Oregon. So, I say Heisman hopeful. Before he got injured, hey, Bo Nix was getting some Heisman hype early in the season. Uh, curious to see how the offense looks with the departure of Kenny Dillingham. I think that was important for Bo Nix last year. Uh, of course, that, that, last year will be the only time in his college career that he will have had two years of the same offensive, offensive coordinator. So wow. uh, hoping that doesn't screw him up. But look, Oregon brought in a top 10 recruiting class and a top 10 transfer class. Uh, they got players like Trayson Holden, a wide receiver. They upgraded the wide receiver room. Uh, Gary Bryant Jr. from USC. Um, they upgraded their offensive line through the transfer portal as well. They got that tackle out of Rhode Island. Um, they got an interior offensive lineman um, that was like a four-star transfer. So I think Dan Landon did a really good job of like hitting on high school recruits and then like supplanting to the transfer portal, which is in modern college football, it's exactly what you have to do to sustain success. I and mean, look, look at the best teams. I mean, I think Georgia's the exception in that, you know, last season they didn't take any big transfers in the offseason, but look what Georgia did this offseason. Like, they went and plucked the best receiver from two in-conference schools to beef up their receiver room. So, uh, Landing's doing that at Oregon as well. Like, he went and got a wide receiver from Alabama, a wide receiver from USC, like two offenses that are producing really good wide receivers. So, I think Oregon is like a sneaky team. I say sneaky. They have the second-best odds to win the Pac-12, but this is a team that I'm circling and saying, like, they're going to play in the Pac- for the Pac-12 championship not going to pick a winner yet, but I think they're going to be in that game uh, with another team in the Pac-12. And the Pac-12 this year is going to be a deep conference. I, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I encourage you, if you're a college football fan, watch the Pac-12 this year. They've got, I think, six teams that have an eight-and-a-half win total or higher in the conference. Like, this is a deep conference. Like, Washington, Utah, Oregon, USC, Oregon and State. I think or, Oregon State's a sneaky pick. Um with DJU coming in there, maybe fixing his stuff. But all that being said, I am buying Oregon. I think this is a really, really sneaky team that I think has the potential to make the college football playoff this year. So uh, their win total set at nine and a half. They were ranked 11th on uh, the CBS Sports weights or post spring top 25. I think this is a top 10 team that's capable of making the college, college football playoff. So give me the Ducks. You got to think the defense improves considering who the head coach is, right? Like Dan Landing right. isn't going to stand for a, a poor defense. You say that, and then, uh, oh, who, uh, I mean, Jimbo and his offense has gotten worse every year he's been at AM. So, you know, uh, yeah. I'll expect that with Landing, though. Uh, all right, Oregon. Now it's, you know, that, that was really, really happy. Let's be a little somber or, you know, be sad for some teams we're going to sell some stock in. David, who are you selling stock in? Uh, yeah, let's go SEC. Let's go Auburn. Ooh, keep it oh in with some. You know, we're covering some first-year coaches here. Look, I and this I haven't even looked at their win total. I, I couldn't tell you what it is. If I had to guess, I'd say it's six, six, right? Six yeah. and a half. You were there, right, right there. If it's six and a half, I'm I'm definitely stocked down on Auburn. There's a perception that well, you know, Hugh Freeze is here, so Auburn's automatically going to be good. Why? Why do we think that? I mean, he's a great coach. I'm not saying he won't eventually be successful there, but to assume that he's going to come in in year one and flip this thing around out of the gate, I think is misguided. And look no further than the spring game and the fact that we are now pointing towards uh, Peyton Thorne as the 
primary option at quarterback. To me, that's a red flag, much like it's a red flag that Alabama goes out goes out and gets, you know, Drew Pine. I see it at a very similar – or was it Buckner? Tyler, yeah, Buckner. Tyler Buckner. Buckner. Sorry, I get my Notre Dame quarterback. One of those Notre Dame quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the fact that Peyton Thorne is being heralded as, you know, the potential starting quarterback uh, to me is, is a really difficult sign uh, for, for their fortunes. And not – like, obviously, Hugh Freeze is a great quarterbacks coach. Like, there, there's – no doubt about that. But uh, to me, it comes down to if they're going to if they're going to get bowl eligible, they have to win at Cal in their second game of the season. And I think that'll be a three and a half point spread. Maybe Auburn slightly favored there. Uh, but that is not a layup, not a gimme. Look at this, a three game stretch. Now there's a buy mixed in here, but still at A&M versus Georgia at LSU. I mean, that's a, that's a murderer's row. When you're when you're a first year coach, I know Hugh Freeze has been successful in the SEC West before. I know he did a good job at Liberty. I think in the long run, this will turn out to be a good hire. I don't see Auburn reaching bowl eligibility in year one, though. Man, David, I was like, he's going to disagree with you. <laughs> I have Auburn. I have Auburn off the record, winning eight games this year. Wow. Um, it's now am, on the record for what I am, <laughs> I am sneaky, sneaky high on Auburn. They were almost on my list just because I had the shock value. I figure I might as well mention them since you're stocked down. Okay. Six and a half. I mean, here's the thing. I think Auburn's going to get kind of a good bounce of some luck because Auburn's always due for some luck. They got, you know, Hugh Freeze in there who's always great with luck as well. But more than that, I think they got some really good defensive transfers. I'm trying to take quarterback out of it because I really – I don't think much of either quarterback that they have. Um, but I'm interested to see. I think I think they're going um, to surprise some people because Auburn is a quick – they're a quick eject, like quick to dismiss. I've, I'm tempted to always do that especially since they always have all Alabama and Georgia on the schedule. Well, they've just historically like, had success in year one under a new coach. So, I mean, that that's another factor <laughs> that's working true. in your favor. You know? Carson. But I, yeah. I, yeah, right. Like, I just don't see it, though. But I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Tuberville, Bowden, and Malzahn all had fairly significant success early. And Chiswick. Chiswick well. won a national championship. Ch- right. Chiswick's yeah, I mean, only good but, year. Yeah. But is Peyton now, Thorne Cam, Cam Newton? Newton? Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> no, but Robbie Ashford, I mean, if they tried to – like, there's a couple of ways that they can – I just think Jarquez Hunter at running back is very solid. They've got a couple of transfers on the offensive line. I think that goes unnoticed. They've been playing with five guards recently on the offensive line. I think they're going to have a little bit more – They've got they've got some punch coming in. I don't know. I may be I may be just overvaluing some of it. Tolan coming in from LSU. I'm really high on him at linebacker. They've got three good defensive line transfers and they're keeping Zakevius uh, Smith, whatever his name is, Williams. Right. Um, those guys staying in. I don't know. I just have I have I call it blind faith. Call it just me thinking a little too. I'm trying to zig when everybody's zagging on Auburn. And that's sometimes how college football works. So I'm glad that you're on the record. Uh-huh. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the record as far as I'm on this podcast, but Jacob's not typing <laughs> down Daniel buying Auburn. Yeah, I'm not yeah, buying it's, it's an unofficial position, uh, but, but, uh, you know, honorable so, mention. 
so yeah, but no, they got to they got to sweep the non-con, and then they got to beat Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. That's their path to bowl, bowl eligibility. And to be fair, I think they'll beat Texas A&M, and I'm not. I don't think that that's they've beaten Texas A&M when A&M supposed to be the better team before. Yeah, I, I you just I mean that we're not talking about it. We might talk about it in a little bit, but Bobby Petrino and Jimbo, like how fun is the SEC this year to have to watch that? happen on uh, it's going to happen every saturday they're just going to be out there having like a measuring contest trying to determine who is yeah right it's going to happen every saturday until mid-october when it when some when petrino gets fired but yeah yeah one series is going to go wrong and jimbo's going to be like i knew it i knew i shouldn't have given up play calling uh oh gosh auburn for the record um probably has the worst wide receiver room in the sec including Vanderbilt. Uh, so I hope they can run the ball. Uh, but Elliot said, if anything, Peyton Thorne allows them to run Robbie Ashford like crazy, <laughs> knowing that you at least have a competent, like another quarterback in the room at the very least. Mm. Uh, I'm with you on that's, selling the six and a half Michigan seems State rich. fans, how they feel about the departure of Peyton Thorne. I doubt they're too brokenhearted over it. Oh, the only thing, you know, I think they're more mad that they lost Keon Coleman and then he left and not he left so that they can keep Keon Coleman. Uh, oh man. All right. Auburn. I will go. TC. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't go to you, Daniel. Whoops. Well, Daniel. well, I did. I did <laughs> well, do a lot of talking. Uh, all right. I'll finish my TCU thought and then we'll go back to Daniel. Uh, that's, that's fine. TCU. TCU to play for a national championship. They did so in year one of a head coach. They did so a lot of the reason was their transfer portal class, which they've done again. Their win totals at seven and a half. How many one score games did they win last year? Quite a few. It was seven. And it's just like if half of those go the other way, not all of them, but if half, if they split those one score games, you're adding three and a half losses to their 11 and one season. No, they went twelve and zero. Yeah, they went twelve and zero because that's how they lost and got in. Um, so now you're getting me down to eight and a half being the re- like realistic win total. And do I think they're going to catch lightning in a bottle like they did last year? No, because I think Oklahoma and Texas are getting better this year. So even mm. if you flip those, that gets me right back down to seven and a half, which is their win total. And I still think they take one step back. So even with me saying they take one step back, I'm already underneath my win total given my kind of crazy math I just did, but. Um, I think TCU long-term has the opportunity to run the Big 12. I think Sonny Dykes is a great hire. I just think, again, relative to expectation, if you think TCU is going to come in and be a top 15 team again, I think you're going to look at the end of the season and be like, whoops, when they're sitting there unranked in the end of the season. So mm-hmm. I think enjoy the season you just had. That was magic. Mm-hmm. Um, ask Michigan State and Washington uh, how that went after having their magic season. Right. Um it didn't Cincinnati like it's it's all kind of fallen since so I think long term Sonny Dykes is great for TCU I think again solid Big 12 program could be the top dog in the Big 12 in the new Big 12 um, but for this season selling stock in TCU I like it they had a lot of NFL talent like you said um, and it's tougher for a team like that to reproduce one year later. So I agree. And I love Sonny Dykes. I think he'll be good uh, long-term as well. They so. what, eight guys drafted? Nine guys drafted? 
Yeah, but they had several guys who I think I think it was nine. They had a couple who didn't get drafted who left. So right. it's just a, a big number, big number to try to replace um, off of that team. And just changing quarterback regardless is, is always going to be tough. So, um, okay. So coming back to me for my cell, we are talking about lightning or talking about having that magic. I want to kind of dive into that as well. Jacob, if you've got the numbers up, I'm picking between two here. Okay. I might end up selling both since I still have my <laughs> second one, but give me the Tennessee number. Ooh. <laughs> it's nine and a half. Easy. All right. We're selling them. I'm not even going to give you my second <laughs> yeah. one. We're selling. All right. Reason being, they're just like Auburn in that they have Georgia and Alabama on the schedule. So go ahead and mark those two losses down because they're not beating Alabama two years in a row. And Georgia's going to beat them this year. All right. Again, um, that, that tells me that they only have to lose two more games. And we saw that even in their magical season last year, they went nine and three. So, cause they lost to, to South Carolina at the end of the season I think there's another one or two of those on their schedule this year that sneak up and get them. You've got two known losses in Georgia and Alabama. You're going to have two, you know, losses that kind of come out of nowhere, whether that's a, a South Carolina again, whether that's a improved Missouri team that's going to, you know, sneak up on some folks here and there. Uh, I'm not buying Missouri by any means, but anyways, you've got, there's, there's teams to be had. Kentucky can take them down. Austin Florida. P. If, if Florida is wanting to do what they're wanting Go to Cubs. do, I think <laughs> I don't like I don't like Florida, and I think they're going to stink this year. But Tennessee, it took everything in them to win that game last year with Hendon Hooker. So, what happens if they lose that game this year? So, I'm just I think it's an easy sell of Tennessee taking a step back. They're counting on Joe Milton to do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, I know they've got the or Nico. Nico He's a string bean, and the SEC, I think he gets snapped in half like a pine tree in, you know, a tornado. So we'll see what happens. But um, I had to give a nice little Southern reference. People understand that. Um, we'll see. We'll see with Tennessee. We're going to start to see this progression, though, of Hypel. Is he going to be able to recruit? I know he brought in a five-star quarterback. I'm saying this for other positions is he going to be able to recruit those other positions to keep up? We know his offense is going to be good and put up points. Did any other, uh, the rest of the team improve? We'll see, but I'm selling Tennessee for now. Wow. That's David, fair. I mean, yeah, no, no, that's fair. As the former Tennessee beat writer, I'll chime in here. <laughs> I mean, uh, nine and a half. Yeah. You, you can comfortably write down Georgia and Alabama as likely losses due to the fact, yeah, they beat Alabama last year, but they got to go to Tuscaloosa this year would be their first victory there in quite some time. I do think they will be quite motivated to play the reigning two-time national champions at home this season. Uh, Georgia is obviously uh, uh, at this point, a juggernaut, a powerhouse. I think you can write that one down as a loss. Where else do they lose? We'll see. But I, I'm like you. I think Hypel's system is such that you can sort of uh, expect a dud or two every year where the three and outs start to pile up and the defense just gets waxed. And we saw that uh, happen against South Carolina. So 
yeah, that gets you back down to nine, which is under the total. When you've got uh, somebody like Hendon Hooker on the way out, um, it's a big ass. We've seen Joe Milton throw the football. The guy has a cannon. He is not accurate, though. Um, he, he can throw the ball a mile, uh, but can he throw it where he wants to and where Josh Heupel wants him to? We will see. Uh, that is the million-dollar question here because I don't like the idea of turning to a true freshman and expecting that uh, you know, philosophy to replicate a 10-win season. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think, I think that's fair. Um, I don't think they fall off the cliff by any stretch, but I think, I think nine wins is probably more likely than 10. I've got them at eight yeah. wins, by the way. But okay. them, them and Auburn at eight. But Wow. Yeah. Auburn is going to win the same number of games. That, that would be something. That would be <laughs> that, that would be something. <laughs> uh, all right, David, what's your, what's your last sell team here? Yeah, I'm going to Minnesota. Minnesota. Ooh. Eh? Ooh. Uh, by the way, um, did y'all know that people in the Midwest call cornhole bags? They say, they say, oh, you guys want to throw bags. It's really this. offensive. I did like, not know that. It's <laughs> really you, offensive. Did you guys also know that, that people in the uh, in the north do not watch It's a Wonderful Life? I don't watch It's a Wonderful I've Life. I've never seen that movie. Are you? My grandmother makes me. So I know I I've watched it, and I know about it. I know what Jimmy, it is. Jimmy Stewart, and he had just come back from the war, so all his PTSD was real in that movie. So you're kind of watching it play out, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan. It's Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, I mean, wow. Elf, The Grinch, okay. both of them. Next, next every thing you time know, a bell rings, like Angel gets its wings. Yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. Yep. So where am I going with all this? You might ask. <laughs> it just means more. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I fully expect uh, Daniel to, at some point in his life, start calling cornhole bags. Now that I know he doesn't like It's a Wonderful Life, um, but, but no, uh, we've interacted with a lot of Ohio people recently, and and in my mind, Ohio and Minnesota, are basically the same thing, right? Um, same thing. Yeah. Exact same thing. B- Big Ten, um, Midwest. So that's right. Yeah. So so Minnesota, I'm not really sure. Uh, the tangent that that just occurred, but <laughs> they went nine and four last year. So so PJ Fleck's been rowing that boat. They were nine and four, but they didn't play Michigan or Ohio State. Now they are number eighty seven in Connolly's returning production. They add Michigan and Ohio State to the schedule, and oh by the way, they play a non con game on the road at North Carolina. So I've made the case pretty clearly there for why I think they are due for a pretty significant regression. But to add on top of it, they're turning the starting quarterback job over to uh, Kaliok Manis, who did get some good playing time last season when Tanner Mor- uh, Morgan was hurt. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily all that encouraging. He only completed 54% of his passes, more interceptions than TDs. Now they are turning the reins over to him. I see Minnesota, Minnesota um, struggling mightily to even sniff uh, the nine-win threshold that, that uh, Fleck established last year. They also, losing Braylon Oliver to Georgia Tech, uh, linebacker, one of their leading tacklers from last year. So another reason I'm high on the jackets, just saying. But anyways, go. Braylon Oliver leaving Minnesota. Yep, I like it. I took Minnesota's win total last year over because they didn't play Ohio State or Michigan. So that was a good uh... – Good eye there. Like that one. Daniel, what's your second team? All right. I don't really want to do this, but what's LSU's win total? No, Daniel. Nine and a half. 
yeah, you're we're gonna we're gonna sell LSU. Uh, I'll just had to do a quick little. Hey, everybody wasn't on them. Now they're on them. Uh, Alabama's gonna beat LSU this year. So um, let's go ahead and count that. I have Auburn beating LSU this year um, potentially. Uh, so I think I think LSU is just gonna kind of regress to the mean a little bit. I think they're gonna be a nine-win team this year. Uh, so selling a nine and a half for them to be a nine-win team, I don't think is crazy. Um, I just think that they they weren't necessarily ahead of schedule. I just think they did what they were supposed to do. They are who they are. They play Florida State to start the year, and that's going to be a good game. They lost to Florida State last year and still won nine regular season games, ten games overall. Had a you know great bowl game. Looks like they have two starting caliber quarterbacks. So, again, it's a zig when everybody else is zagging. But you just look at the schedule. They have Alabama like they always do. And having Florida State in the non-con, I think this is a murderer's row of SEC West teams. They could lose to Arkansas. They could lose to Ole Miss. They could lose to Auburn. They could lose to a lot. They, they could lose to Texas A&M because they did so last year. Um, so there's a lot of just landmines on the schedule. I don't think they lose to Florida uh, for what it's worth. But at, there's there's reason for me to believe they're going 9-3 and three this year rather than 10-2, and 11-1, and one, or potentially representing the West in the SEC. I have a I lot like more it. to say about LSU. Uh, you'll have to tune in for our SEC West preview later in the summer. So uh, I'll save it for that. Um, Ooh, the tease of all teases. <laughs> I'm not even going to say if I, if I agree or disagree. Uh, LSU. All right, so from 10 to 2 LSU to 9 and 3 LSU. Well, I guess they went 9 and 3. So you're saying they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, dude, that A&M. It's a game. perception thing. I'm right. selling a perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was buying on a perception last year, and I'm yeah, selling. Fair. LSU is basically making me a lot of money, and I'm not sad about it at all. <laughs> All right, I. This is a sad one for me that I'm selling. Um, this is a team that I've ridden for a few years now, actually. And Daniel, you can you can be a USC. testament to this. It's not USC. Remember how I've talked about trends and like, hey, like oh, yeah. they went from two to five to seven. Like I mentioned, taking the these steps here. forward. Um, we're going to the Pac-12. Yeah. Oregon State. I'm selling the Oregon State stock. So, and here's the thing. I think DJU is such a good fit. Like, I think he's going to, like... I was thinking I think you were selling DJU. This is a fade DJU. No, 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 no. This is... Play. I like DJU. The problem is their over-under win total is at eight. Eight flat. And the Pac-12 is stacked. And with their schedule... I was pulling it up. They get Oregon on the road last game of the season. They have to play like they have to play Washington and Oregon back to back last two games of the season. Um, they get San Diego State out of conference. They play Utah and UCLA, you know, out of the South. There's no divisions this year, but they just got a bad draw of Pac 12 teams. Like if you look at the top six Pac 12 teams, they got at least four of the six on their schedule. And so I just think schedule wise, it doesn't line up for them. And then you're asking them to like go out and beat. Cal, who might be sneaky good this year. Arizona, who's getting better on the road under Jet Fish. Um, they got San Jose State at a conference, which, you know, they've been good recently out of the Mountain West. So I just think with this schedule getting to eight, 
I hated him doing this. And also, th- th- this really sold it for me. It wasn't even the win total. It was actually on the CBS Sports post spring top 25. They had them at 15. And I was like, Oregon mm. State's not a top 15 team. They might be a top 30 team. They're not a top 15 team. So, uh, Oregon State, relative to expectation, I think they took those steps forward, but I think their ceiling in the current Pac-12 structure is right there at eight wins. I think like that is, if you're going eight and four at Oregon State, keep signing extensions for Jonathan Smith because that's you you can't ask for much more at Oregon State than going eight and four. So, um, relative to expectation, I rode them taking all these steps the past four years. I think they hit the ceiling, and so it's time time to sell now. Smart play. No, I like that. Yeah, I mean, even with uh, USC and UCLA moving on, it's still going to be hard for them to surpass Utah, Oregon, Washington in that league. So I think you're right. You like, say but, Cal. But, We're not going to jump on you. Yeah, yeah Cal. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, uh, the, the poor Bears, I think they're going to end up in the Ivy League before it's all said and done. That's probably yeah, where they belong. probably. Who knows? What is even Stanford belongs in the Ivy League. Yeah. You know Stanford's Cal. one total? Three and a half. It's three and a half. Ooh. This is a t- no, sorry, it's right at three. Three even at DraftKings. Dude, this what's is a Col- team what's that- Colorado at? Colorado. I think there's a three and a half or four. Let's see. Uh three. three. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. They got a rough schedule too. They do have a hard schedule. My thing is, dude, if he goes out and won four games, that was a 400% increase from last year. So I'm like four and eight would be a huge success given what that team was last year. Uh, But there'll be plenty of people who are going to say that was a failure for Dion. I'm like, who's not going to watch that TCU Colorado (laughs) game? Oh my God. Team that just played for the national championship against coach prime. I mean, I think TCU's going to blow them out. I think so too. Who's not going to watch it? That's oh, gonna, yeah. I'm going to no, tune 100%. in and be like, oh yeah, let's see what's going And then it's not going to be a game. All right, everyone. Since we're, we're doing so well on our buys, here's the teams you need to buy stock in. Texas, Oregon, Louisville, Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Wisconsin. All right. Sell You're your holding stock. back Georgia Tech. I felt <laughs> it. Behind I really tried. I was like, I need to hold this one, George Tech. Um, Here's the thing. Sorry, sorry to interject, but last year, y'all both looked at me like I was crazy when I said 10 and 2 LSU. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Listen, it's. You're right. I'm, we'll see. Dude, and after we'll week see. one, I was like, you're, you're about to get smoked. I'm like, they lost week one to Florida State. Like, you're, you're done. Because uh, you were oh, high man. on Florida State last year. And so we were both watching that game with the most. I mean, oh, yeah, it was awesome. Anyways, uh, sell your stock in Oregon State, TCU, Auburn, Minnesota, Tennessee, and Daniels LSU Tigers. Uh, man, sad, sad to see the, the fall from glory. Uh, but I think here David we are. and I will both be pulling for Florida State to beat LSU in that first game. Yeah. So we could both be right. That's right. <laughs> Florida State to be right for him and need LSU to have a loss early in the season. To get my number right, and we will be uh, at war unofficially over Auburn. <laughs> That's right, unofficially. We'll definitely be texting uh, about it yeah. for sure. <laughs> David, you got anything good coming this week over at CBS? Well, this is the week of the coach rankings, so uh, buckle up. It's always a, a fun exercise. Yeah, 
David I famously has been super solid on his rankings recently. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and say it. I I made the bold move of putting Kirby Smart at number one after he won consecutive national titles. So he has officially, guys, surpassed Dan Mullen. Finally, yeah. finally, better coach than Dan yeah. Mullen. Yeah, exactly. So oh, um, yeah, no, we got that. We rolled that out in uh, two parts. So it's like an ultimate like tease because uh, day one is like 69 through 26 or whatever and then, oh, okay then we do like one through 25 after that so you know when when, when does our when do those articles come out well, let's see i think it's uh for for tuesday and wednesday so by the okay. time this pod is on the feeds uh for at a least lot of have folks, one I'm of sure them. it'll be yeah i'm sure it'll be uh meticulous matriculating into the uh the cyberspace who was your coach in the top 10 and you felt like you bought low i mean like who, who do you feel like oh man i put this coach in the top 10 that no one else did Probably Kyle Whittingham. Well, I, I have him higher in the top 10 there than you go. I'm sure most people do because uh, I have him at six, which is one spot ahead of where I have Brian Kelly, <laughs> uh, which I, I'm sure will confound some people. But I think when you take uh, Utah to multiple Rose Bowls in a, in a short span and sustain success out there so long at a place where it's hard to recruit, uh, it mm. says you're a pretty good coach, and Brian Kelly is too. But uh, yeah, as of now, I, I think Kyle Whittingham – uh, deserves to be one spot ahead of him. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I have no idea how how my colleagues voted on it. Um, there's a lot of variance in this because we all bring different criteria to the board. That's right. Like, you know, but that makes it fun. Um, and I think this will be a uh, this will be a year where there's a lot of movement. It'll be the year where Kirby Smart established himself as the clear cut number one. That's I know for a fact. I mean, number not, not one, a, you think? Not, yeah, there's no way, right? Like, I mean, at this point, he's won consecutive national titles. Um, Nick Saban is north of seventy. Uh, I think. I gotta believe that my coworkers are going Kirby at one, and I know y'all are, you know, y- y'all are y'all are Georgia people, and you try to be cautious about, um, you know, uh, you don't want to like as- assume a certain thing biases. about about a team, right? Yeah. Exactly, you're conscious of your biases, and so you might be skeptical. Okay, is Kirby really, you know, number one? Yes, I think he is. I, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. Love it, love to see it. Can't wait to read all that too. I, I love reading that every offseason. Is, is the uh the CBS code rankings because y'all do it consistently. I know like every year it's a big deal. The two articles. So uh, excited to oh, read yeah. that. If you listen to this, be sure to go read that over at cbssports.com. Uh, you can follow David on Twitter at David a right? W W cop. <laughs> that, that's the problem is <laughs> I, I think I did David a cop one time and I tagged something and it wasn't you. Anyway, you can follow <laughs> David no on followers. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. He's like the, uh, the, the green party presidential candidate, like every eight years. Yeah. Is that really what it is? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Well, you can follow him at David W Cobb and follow his writings on cbssports.com for college football and college basketball. Uh, you can follow Daniel on Twitter at deep South of Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. You can follow us on social media at the extra point pod on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And YouTube. That's right. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the extra point. He is Daniel. I'm Jacob. That's David as well. See ya.